listen and subscribe to The Table of Truth on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Podcasts. God damn it, Disco. <laughs> Why can't you just... And that's the name of the episode right there. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to Blurred Lines. I'm your man, Cam. We are here <sighs> recapping the uh, first half of the latest season of Star Trek Discovery. With me, as always, is... I want to know why you signed when you said that, yo. Respect, <laughs> respect the franchise. Like respect, <laughs> respect the Star Trek franchise. That's <sighs> that's that was not necessary. <laughs> as well as, <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the professor just. This is going to be a hard class, you know. <laughs> I, I got some random to do with the franchise, notwithstanding. I respect it. Y'all gonna respect my franchise. I'm gonna be hard on that on that franchise today. So here we are, guys. Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> Our girl Michael's finally a captain, which is dope. Yeehaw. Um, awesome. It, you know, first uh black woman Star Trek captain. Hurrah. This is awesome. Um, but the crying is still here. <laughs> yeah. the best way I can put it the crying the crying is still around they're yeah. overly emotional feelings have feelings the ship has feelings feelings have feelings, feelings have feelings. <laughs> that's so funny and so true and just feelings oh, have feelings man so alright but can I say something really go ahead, cool go ahead before you get started just as a comparison they cry about everything <laughs> and we're you know, watching the expanse this week you know, and they have a moment of where they're remembering Alex and they're singing his songs and neither one of them cry at all. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, we loved Alex. All of us did, but they, no, there was no tears. There was no slow down close-ups or anything. No watery eyes, none of it. It was just, you knew what they were, that it was an expression of grief, but at the same time, it was something good but that's all i wanted to say yeah i think mm. see start i think well like i say start discovery could learn from that i think that the i think I, I as one of my friends said he's like i do a lot of fast forwarding fast forwarding when i'm watching this discovery now wow. <laughs> and he's been, he's been there since the beginning as well and i kind of feel him on certain parts where you know when there's there's we'll talk about the we'll talk about the middle part not the bad or the good part but when it's humming along, you know, Discovery is good. It's just some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. You're exploring a cool uh, new world. I like, I remember I was a little apprehensive when I went to the future. So I was like, I don't know how this is going to happen. But I like that they, they're in a, a whole new place. We have no idea what's going on. We don't really have much to go on as opposed to the, except for the old stuff. So when you start to check in on races that you do know, you're like, oh, I wonder how that worked out. You start to see different things. So those mm-hmm. parts, again, new, new, new frontiers, new things that we haven't seen before. So that part was awesome. I think the... Um, the less awesome part is, as I was saying before, all the feelings got feelings got feelings on feelings. So in the overuse of emotion, I think during this, the rest of the seasons was a, I think it was a good balance. Like it was like, oh, cool. Star Trek stuff. Oh, feelings. Oh, okay. And then they, they balance it out. But I think for this, this part of this season, they just like amp the emotional content like so high that it gets to almost to be like trite and almost like expected now, as opposed to like, you know, it doesn't really land the same way. Yeah, um, I, I wish I had as the the resident Star Trek 
you know, the, the human Star Trek library. I wish I could say different. And, you know, it, it, you're absolutely right. It's hysterical. The, the feelings on the feelings have feelings is going to be one of the funniest things I think I've heard this week. <laughs> and it's only Sunday. Um, yeah, it just there, there there's something about the diverging from the formula. You know what I mean? Like, there's a certain way that you, and, and by no means am I saying Star Trek has to be one way because mm-hmm. it's survived this long, if having evolved yeah. um, over time. You know, just the type of television show that it is, you know, starting out sort of anthology and being more serialized now. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, shows like Deep Space Nine sort of uh, homing in on 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 all kinds of wild themes. Just great, just great, great, great television. Totally brilliant. Um, but it, there's there's just something about the way that they're going about it now that's just, you know, it, you don't... You, because I think part of the problem is it's very one note in that it's only focusing on certain characters it's only focusing on michael it's only focusing on book it's focusing you get more more development of characters that aren't even on the ship with the president the admiral um and 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 just ancillary characters secondary characters that aren't part of the main cast on a regular basis that just because you're not developing the rest of the crew you don't really, you know, okay, fine. You want to cry all the time, at least cry with different people. <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. Like that's even the crew the now. Yeah. Even the crew now, like the blonde girl, the black dude, black dude, number two, Asian dude. And then like, like I was yeah, like, they yeah. got a new black guy. And I was like, Oh, what's this black guy doing? Yeah, he just, yeah, it's oh. like Michael Tilly Saru and friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they have a whole, uh, they have a whole crew of people that you just don't, they just pop up and, or they go away. You know, I was saying the other day that even the president and Vance are more just like well-placed props. They're not developed at all in any significant way other than the fact that they, they're used to move the plot along, to move the, move the story along. And that's all they they orbit Michael. That's it. And they orbit Michael. Have we seen Vance in his office doing anything other than just standing there and, and, Talking to Michael, giving her a mission and giving us a bunch of exposition. No, he has exactly. <laughs> you haven't seen the president doing any kind of negotiation unless Michael is in the room. And even when she's doing that, it's kind of a weird repartee that I just can't put my finger on if whether or not it's intelligent or just haphazardly stupid. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like it's it's a lot of that, and I think the biggest problem is that. I think I forgot just because of the scale of production that this is a network TV show. Even you even reminded of with the, the, the frequent commercial break break uh, gaps that they have in it. It's not like a cable serial where it's uh, like every minute or moment counts uh, uh, and it's broken up in segments. And I think that affects the way they, the pacing and the way they tell the story. Because early on, it wasn't like that. But now, all of a sudden, it's it's just very much, very heavily plotted in a way that isn't, that I haven't, you know, I, again, if, when we'll talk about Adira and Grey, that's going to come up. But the fact that those two characters are more developed than 
the bridge crew other than the ones that Josh named. It's just, I don't know. Like we, and then those same bridge crew members are constantly thrown out there just to remind us that they exist. I don't know. It's just, it's <laughs> to right now, it just doesn't feel like a very good uh, uh, story. And, and talking specifically about this, the mid season finale, there was an entire, and this is my problem with the whole of last season. This entire episode was one big debate about how to approach this new unspecified species. And it leaves on a cliffhanger of book doing something out of characteristic, uncharacteristic, but also um, not even going near that species, like nothing other than that, a whole 40 minutes of exposition, we have to wait two months and possibly several more hours before they even encounter whatever this species is. So it's the pacing is off the, 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 there's way too much exposition and things that could possibly be shown and probably would alleviate some of this lack of development. But right now, all the potential is there because of the Star Trek show and all that stuff, et cetera, et cetera. But it's just not coming. It's, it's, it comes together and then it falls apart. Yeah. It's called a cliffhanger, D'Angelo. Together. <laughs> 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 well, I mean, and I think that that, that kind of is a good example of pretty much the whole season where it's like the parts that I thought were working the best is when they weren't focused, when they weren't on the ship crying, was when their things were doing, they were doing stuff. Like, yeah. Tilly takes a bunch of kids, they go have an adventure. Okay, this is fun. You know, the president comes and challenges Michael's authority. Okay, awesome. You know, rogue, uh, you know, scientist comes through and shakes things up. Okay, finally. But you know, Tarka is an amazing character, by the way. Awesome. He's probably yeah. the best addition to the season. Yeah, yeah. but and again, hope- a well-placed plot device. And, yeah. and, and, that's, and that's unfortunate because the performers are so good and you would like to see something more than just, okay, we understand he's going to be important to the plot and we understand that he's going to need to be in a certain position, but I don't know that where he started as someone interesting. Now I'm just like, "Mm, that's weird. Like the the whole, and the whole, like, are they leaning towards him being this, you know, kind of nefarious? Like it, it, which is fine. I'm still interested in Tarker because I agree with you. He's probably the most interesting thing that we've seen in a while. But um, yeah, I ain't buying Mr. Booker and his actions. Like, <laughs> yes. Then let's now we can get back to Booker. So Booker last season was probably the, one of the cooler additions of the show because he was clearly not a star a Starfleet person, but he was definitely you know part of this world to help kind of guide Michael onto the new frontier of what this future is. And it was dope to see him interact with you know the non stuff. They can go to places that they wouldn't normally go. So that actually helped and added to the season. Also, uh, and also he has an awesome cat. <laughs> yeah, but and now but he's they, crying all season long. And so then now you took that cool character where you're like, all right, cool. You got Black Love out in space. They out here doing it. Cool. This is great. Essence should probably write a, a piece on this. But now we have this season and then like right in right from the jump, they blow up his planet and then now he's crying all the time. And you're like, damn. <laughs> Again, his planet is blown up. So he is justifiable. If, if everybody from the show, he should be crying. But 
I think now he's been kind of lost because they don't know what to do with them as opposed to, hey, what are we going to do about this problem? Hey, what are we going to do about this problem? Hey, what are we going to do about this problem? And so at least well, the last season they gave him, he was hanging out with the, the, the tech geeks and he was starting to get like a, a purpose and it was pretty dope. And then now it's just kind of like he's just like waiting for something to happen. I mean, it's cool that they put him at odds with um against Michael, <clears throat> you know, and they're sort of almost having an open debate slash lover spat at this giant galactic conference. <laughs> but um, but yeah, if it, it does, it does feel a little like he like his character's meandering a bit. Um, and I mean, granted, you know, you, you lose a whole planet and your entire family, you're going to do a lot of stuff that's out of character. So that's not that bad and not that weird. But I think in the context of the rest of what they appear to be doing in the direction they're going with the season, that's where it kind of falls a little, falls a little flat and perhaps redirects what they're trying to do, what they, what, what it, what would otherwise land as like, nah, this is normal for him. Like he's, he's in grief and you know, his planet is the mother, AKA, you know, in air quotes. Um, and you know, quite the people of Quajon have a connection to their planet. His collection is lost. He can't mourn the way that he's supposed to, because, you know, part of their mourning process is to connect with the planet and the elements of the planet and the sun, the earth and the moon in this particular way. Um, so all of that would make sense in a, it would make a different type of sense is what I wanted to say. Um, if he, if, if it wasn't for the fact that there were all these, there are all these other elements in the episodes for this season, just playing out in this wonky kind of way. Um, and I think the lack of balance in the cat, in, in how they, um, in how they sort of play with the ensemble is starting to show cracks because yeah. you don't really, you, you're like part of the whole, I think I said this in the last time, the last time we talked about discovery, <clears throat> one of the things that makes the original series up to even enterprise go um, as lackluster as that show was, was the fact that you knew all the characters and all the characters got stories and all the characters got developed. And, you know, even with, even with the weakest installment of, of, of the, the franchise so far being enterprise, you still knew that Tucker was a good old boy from, you know, from wherever the hell he was from, I forget. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that he had a connection to Archer, that Archer was a reluctant captain and not a politician and all this other jazz. And his uh, his communications officer was really shy and, you know, all this other junk that you just kind of, you know, and and then um, I forget the, the security officer's name, his connection to Section 31, like all of these things. I didn't even why I didn't even like Enterprise that much, and I still remember all this crap. Yeah. You follow what I'm saying? Like I didn't really dig Enterprise all of it. It wasn't terrible, but it wasn't it wasn't Star Trek standard. Yeah, and I still good. remember all of these things from yeah. all of the bridge ca- from all of the 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 cast the the all the all the members of the cast from the bridge. Yeah. So if you're not gonna do those things to sort of develop these characters. I think the crying would be fine if it wasn't the same four people crying every episode. <laughs> that's the thing. That's the thing that I think is as I'm as I'm saying all of this now. I think that's the thing that's sort of killing the show. Like, yeah, and like I think if you're, the, gonna, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a theme of just like sadness and crying, at least spread it out so that different people are crying for different reasons. Yeah, and I think also <laughs> too, 
um, we're going again for the crew. So the lack of development with them goes to now you have um, newer characters like Adira and Gray. And so like their characters, they got introduced what, midway last season. Yeah, midway last season. Yeah. And they've gotten a lot more like just screen time in terms of development. And unfortunately, it's just not really hitting. Part of it is it's like I think it's, it's like D'Angelo says before, it's kind of like lackluster writing. But also, too, it's like their stories don't really hit as much. And it's really interesting because I think they put a lot of effort into it to kind of make you care about these characters. But you're really not because they're just kind of there. You know, Adira has kind of like a very like, um, you know, uh, I know everything slash I'm trying to prove myself type of energy, which kind of works sometimes. And actually, the best time I thought um, the character was the best was probably with um, Tilly and a bunch of the younger kids. Like that was actually pretty dope. Like I had a good balance of it in terms of that character for all for all of you seen her but then at the same time now you have gray's character that's kind of just been there the whole time and they've just been kind of pushing them along as as it's been going and now that they've and it hasn't really done much but we got we put they put a lot of effort in developing these two characters which probably could have went to the crew because i actually wanted to know more about the crew to josh's point because that's actually one of the fundamental things of all star trek shows is you know the whole crew like you actually care about even the even the random person you're like you know and i think for Discovery, their most interesting crew member, not of the main crew, was the cyborg girl, and then they killed her off. <laughs> yeah. And they and now, you know, I think a bigger problem with that, and it was what happened last season, which is they create these really big problems that are that deviate from allowing the crew to explore space and do things um, that will give them time to develop. You know, now we have the situation where there's a freaking wormhole that eats planets that's the that's are manufactured by a species that's possibly from an entire another universe. Like there's the plot. I don't think the story needs to be that convoluted. I thought I think after the burn this season should have been a calm down from the uh, the apocalyptic storytelling uh, mm-hmm. because then again you would have had more time to put to do the Star Trek of exploring strange new worlds and 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 getting to know in a more in philosophical and thematic levels alien cultures and things like that um, solving these puzzles using science. Uh, which is what they're doing, but it's in such a huge convoluted way that now it almost seems direct dirt ex machina because it's so it's so out there. It's so uh, big and grandiose each time that you're like, OK, it just seems like they're trying to top each other themselves with each thing. You know, now that they're stuck in uh, in, sp- in a space between subspace and that space is eating them eating things and so now they have to do get out you know it's there is no time for narrative for the narrative to breathe and to to actually put in any kind of development and that's why i think none of these things when you look at the show and the aesthetic of it it doesn't feel like a world lived in it just feels like almost like a tour a, a tour of a world that that's that people that uh, is occupied by characters. It's like you're you're not seeing these it, in other in previous Trek shows. You felt that these characters existed off camera. If that's what I, if that's mm, what I'm that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, 
And actually, you made a good point earlier where you're like, you never see the president or the leader of the Federation at their desk, like just at the desk chilling, like doing some work. Someone comes in, tells them something. Instead, you only see them in context to the characters of the show. So it's like if the president if the president's doing something, she's always talking to Michael about that something. She's not by herself at her desk. Someone tells her something and then she contacts Michael. Same thing with the um, the leader of the Federation. Same thing. You, only, you rarely ever see him by himself. Oh, you just, mean the, the uh, Emerald Vance? Emerald Vance, yeah. Okay. Yeah, even, even um, and then that's that's made worse by so much exposition so much explaining things to us that could be shown to us. Like we're, we were told how bad the Emerald chain was. We never saw how bad the Emerald chain. We saw maybe one episode where there was like some Emerald chain shit and it looked really like it was bad, but the, 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 to earn the kind of like going back to the episode about Tilly, where you have the, the cadets and one is Emerald chain and another one is from a race that I don't even know looks have Klingon, have something else, have Wolf or some shit. Uh, <laughs> that that moment was totally unearned because we never saw how bad the Emerald Chain was. Yeah. That character just told us, okay, fine, let's move on because I don't feel anything because you didn't show me that because that's the rule of TV and cinema, it's show don't tell. Um, and that, and that's the problem with the show. It's it's a bunch of exposition in times where they could they could show us this thing. We we saw 30 minutes of a mid-season finale of a debate. <laughs> I would and like again, to say that D'Angelo's critique today is undercut by the fact that he's wearing a Battlestar Galactica t-shirt. Just, for, <laughs> just, just, just completely, just completely undercut by all of that. So I just, need, just, need, just putting that out there. I need full disclosure. Fragging, <laughs> fragging development. <laughs> uh, they can get the frack out of here with that lazy fracking <laughs> And so, Star Trek. so this, <laughs> so this brings us to the feelings have feelings. Is now our ship is now a sentient being, and so they debate onto whether the sentient being should be a sentient being, because yeah. <laughs> Go ahead, Josh. The floor is yours. I mean, <laughs> so the thing with that is, you know, it's a good premise, and it's something that Star Trek has done before. You know, with the like, for example, with. Uh, the episode with Data, whether or not he, you know, whether or not he has the right to choose, whether or not he's property of Starfleet, um, or if he's, you know, an actual sentient being with agency and can make his own decisions and all that other junk. And I thought that was a seamlessly well done episode. Uh, one of the tentpole episodes of, uh, of Star Trek Next Generation. And that was like season two or three or something like that. Yeah, well, oh, um, and The entire yeah, franchise, I think, one of the one of the best episodes of, of all the Star Trek series. Yeah, so I mean, much it, so based the whole, that, that episode uh, was the tentpole for an entire season of Picard. Yeah. Um, we watched a new show. Yeah. So, you know, by contrast, I feel like Doing this episode where you know the the, the computers the ship's computer which is now named Zora, um, it was a decent exploration of uh, of of that of, of I guess you know now a, a character on the show being the ship's computer um, being sentient and having emotions and you know all this other junk. I feel like you could have 
tease that out over the course of the season, but not give a whole not. And then the, the literally the entire episode was now nah, I'm not going to give you this information because I'm scared for everybody. Oh, you changed my mind. Okay, cool. Here's the information. <laughs> like it just yeah, in the course of push you know, the button. Yeah, yeah. Like, in the course of like, nothing flat. You you change the computer's mind. Okay, cool. I guess. But they're all that. Yeah. yeah. Well, and also call back um, their first season when they did the shorts, the the Trekkies. Right. So that they did do an episode with Aldous Hodge, I think, also. He was like on the ship and she was talking mm-hmm. to him and all that. So that was a callback to them, which I, I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Um, but also yeah. Sphere data, which obviously the sphere data is what triggered her evolution, uh, apparently, which is a callback to season two when they were dealing with control, the mm-hmm. evil part of AI. So there are callbacks, but again, that's not that's not actual building blocks of storytelling. That's just recognizing what you've done and getting the audience to to say, oh, remember, you know, they did one scene that was kind of showing of Zora's development, which is in the moment in the elevator with Michael, where she first realized it when she, when she says you look distressed or something like that. And, you know, Michael asks her a question about feelings and then she just kind of moves on. Um, if you gave a few more scenes that compl- continue to elevate and elevate and elevate, uh, then that would have, I think that would have came off better, but it's just all these things that are thrown out there undercooked. And again, just kind of explained, um, in the moments that we have them, I know Star Trek is all usually most sci-fi has a lot of exposition, but most sci-fi are usually and Star Trek has been a beacon of this in the past, try to at least show it to you as there's as we're talking about it. The only thing that's heavy in exposition are the scientific solutions. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's true. Right. So so now that we've come to this first half, the they they dropped the you know the teaser trailer for the next season. We saw a lot of explosions, we saw a lot of book, we saw a lot of oh no, we gotta venture into places you've never been before, blah 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 blah. And so again, looks cool. I still think we should have uh, Oscars for trailers because I mean literally those these dudes you putting in work, man. <laughs> Yeah, but, it, looks, it looks exciting. It looks yeah, like but we've be been here right. before. <laughs> yeah. so, I just worry that the this new alien race is going to turn out to be just like the burn. They like some kind oh, of some man. kind of worm that that farted or something like that. <laughs> the entire, an entire uh, 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 rift in space and time. Some celestial worm. I guarantee. Yeah, they don't. It's they're not. They're not. Uh, they don't have my confidence. Uh, my confidence has been shaken. So that's the best way I can put it. I'm, I'm still hoping. I'm still hoping because I like the characters that the ones that they do focus on. But yeah. but uh, I think this season was very just, uh man, like I said, you just kind of fast forwarding to certain aspects of it where you're just like, word, really? I don't know. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to end up being what we got last season, which is there's going to be something really, really, really dope undercut by something really, really, really dumb. Mm. Yeah. I think that's, well, that's what it's going to be. We're going to get, you know, whatever, you know, whatever the thing and whatever the, the MacGuffin ends up being, when yeah, we're not going to care about it. We're not going to care or, or it's going to be so 
underwhelming. Re- this is gonna be so out there. You just like, oh come on, really, guys? Uh. Yeah. <laughs> when but, you need to do that every, you know, again, it's like we talk about it, but you appreciate it more when the board showed up. It was like, okay, a two or three episode arc. If they obviously they left the they would they left an imprint on Picard, so he does the deals deals with the the trauma post all of that stuff, and they become reoccurring antagonists. But that doesn't disrupt the flow of exploration, discovery, yeah, solving exactly. all problems with science yeah. and morality and all of those things. Yeah, I, I think I I I think I. It sucks to say, but I almost miss the monster of the weakness of Star Trek. Yeah, like, it, it, at this point, it's kind it's of like you almost need it. Even with the Borg, like the Borg was foreshadowed in one episode. Yeah, literally just yeah. one. Q flung them to the to the Delta Quadrant. A Borg vessel showed up. They went aboard, explored it, realized this is a problem, and now they know that we're now they know now they know we exist. They're gonna come gunning for us. Fast forward a whole season later. This is when you get the payoff for that. So it didn't yeah. take much. And then that episode wasn't all boring. Like half that first episode of Best of Both Worlds was the anticipation of Meeting and the buildup to yeah. them showing, you know, finally encountering the Borg. But half that episode was just like, I um like a whole chunk of a colony is gone. <laughs> um, and, and also, you know, when the you know, Borg showed so up, it'd be a big deal. Yeah, so you know, by the time they show up, you know that the uh, the 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 whole colony got yanked out of the ground, um, and then the rest of that episode was spent with them preparing and game testing and trying to figure it out, and you know, and then the board show up, and then they get smacked for another half an episode for another episode and a half, basically, up until the very end of part two. Yeah, so I say all that to say, and not cutting you off. I say all that to say, you don't need but so much a uh, 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 build up and setup to make something work. They won like a rack of Emmys off of that, off of, mm-hmm. off of those two episodes. You know, yeah. there was so much intrigue, and they probably yanked a whole other new set of uh, a whole group of viewers just on that. Like, I have friends who are not into Star Trek that have been around when I'm rewatching Best of Both Worlds for like the 80,000th time, and they're like, oh, I didn't know Star Trek was like that. I'm like, yeah, stupid, because you're not giving it a shot because you think <laughs> it has this stigma, but it's good television. It's always been good television. It's always been that kind of good television. Yeah. And so, it's good you know, to deviate from that is just like, you know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what were you going to say, D'Angelo? Close out. No, I was just saying it's good. It was usually good science uh, as well. That combination of science with low fantasy and involved, and the the now you just don't have that same spirit in Discovery anymore. Like it's not it's not about the characters and the ship and the and the not even about the military discipline anymore. Which is mm. it's, it's just even more just like insane that they're just like, oh, Adira can mouth off to to commanding officers. Our Stamets could con- continue to to tell Saru. Imagine if that was Riker and, and he tells Saru, I cut that that. Cut it out. Cut. No, he tells Stamets, cut this experiment. Like, it's done. It's over. And he's just like, oh, I need a little more juice. Come on now, man. <laughs> Actually, one of my uh, my like brothers-in-laws, his uh, that's, that was his main thing about Discovery, just from Jump. That he was yeah. like, he lost that part early, where it's just like, 
before there was clear chain of hierarchy, but then they lost it mm-hmm. so quickly that it yeah. never really regained that. That was like one of the, his sticking points that I really, really hated. And I was like, now that I see it over these seasons, I definitely see what he's talking about now. All right. Well, we're cautiously optimistic. That's a word. <laughs> I, I'll leave it at that. No, I'll, I'll yeah. allow that one. Yeah. I mean, we're gonna. I mean, we're, we we've come this. And you know what it goes back to what uh, D'Angelo said from from before. You know, we're starting to see when shows take these like six to ten episodes, and that's what they get. They they utilize those episodes a lot better, and then the shows that have those longer these longer arcs aren't using it as well. And then we start to get a lot of filler, and it starts to meander a lot. And so we're starting to see that more and more. Yeah. And so, but yeah, we'll leave that that. Um, we're cautiously optimistic, but we're also just like, <laughs> mm-hmm. this is Blurred Lines, and we are out. Peace. Live long and have shorter episodes. <laughs> <laughs>